Welcome to the Quiet Battles Podcast. On this podcast, we seek to give a voice to the battles that Christians are quietly fighting in the background. Hey, this is Jack. This is one of your founders. Today, we're going to go over a topic and a battle that's very familiar to most people, yet it's one of the hardest ones to talk about. That is porn. We're talking about porn today on the Quiet Battles podcast, and we're actually interviewing one of our co-founders, Rodney Fletcher. Rodney, um, you are going to talk about one of his hardest topics Yeah. today. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I'm excited. It's, I think it's something that we, uh, it's one of those battles that like everyone is aware of, and we think, oh, most people probably struggle with this. Uh, but it's also one that brings a lot of shame. And even though we're aware that most people struggle with watching pornography, we kind of just brush it under the rug. And it's one of those battles that is just like accepted as normal or okay. And people just leave it there and never, never fight uh, and never seek to move beyond it. So I'm excited to talk about this. Definitely. And I think to talk about this topic, we need to go to the beginning to when most of us actually saw porn for the first time. And so my question for you, Ronnie, is when did you first discover porn? Yeah, um, for me, it, it was at a very young age. I was probably about in fifth grade, about 10 years old. And I remember, uh, I, I, I don't remember exactly how, because when I was 10 years old, uh, Wi-Fi wasn't really a thing. And maybe I'm, I'm mixing up the timeline in my mind, but what I remember, is I think it was on like a PlayStation Portable. Uh, everyone remember those things? Throwback oh, right. right there, right? <laughs> um, the PlayStation Portable could connect to the internet and we were, it was with me and a group of friends and we were outside of my house and one of my friends had a, had a PlayStation Portable and he pulled me and my other friend over and he's like, guys, look at, look at what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both go over and we look and well, it was pornography uh, and at the time, I had no idea like what I was looking at. I mean, I, I didn't, I've never experienced anything like that before. And I was like, what is this? Like, yeah, I want to see more of this is probably what my mind did when I was 10 years old. So. Yeah. And I think I first saw it in seventh grade, I was with a friend and I think I would argue or at least guess that most people see it the first time that way. It's, it's more of like, Hey, I saw this. Like, I want you to see it too. Yeah. And what we don't know at the time, what most people don't know at the time is how addictive Absolutely. porn can be um, to us. And so why do you think it's so addictive? And why is it okay that we call it an addiction? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there's a whole lot of science behind why pornography is an addictive thing. Um, and I mean, they, they say, and I don't, I don't know all of the technical terms because uh, I'm not a scientist, but, um, but from what, from my understanding, they're scientists these days, but thank you, you for admitting you're not one. You said what? <laughs> Everyone thinks they're scientists nowadays, but thank you for admitting you're yeah, not one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. Goodness. Um, but for, for my, from my understanding, the way, the way that I've heard it explained before is essentially your brain releases dopamine, um, at times when, when you're happy, uh, it releases dopamine when uh, you're excited or like good things are happening. 
in your life or whenever you associate as being a good thing, your brain is releasing this chemical. Um, and you're always looking for this chemical. And so, I mean, it's the same re it's the same reason why, like when my wife goes to hug me, I, I love that. I like, I, I look for that touch from my wife because when that's happening, that my brain is releasing this chemical. And so in the same way that that happens in a good way with my wife in a, in a bad way that happens with our brains with pornography. And so when we go to, to look at pornography, it's releasing this chemical into our brains and we're constantly looking for that fix. Um, but I also think it goes beyond like just a scientific and, and chemical reaction. I think uh, you can take it to a spiritual realm as well. I mean, like we are like sinful people. We have an inclination to sin and we kind of just get caught in that cycle. And I know for me, for the longest time, uh, what it was is I thought I could do this on my own. You know, I thought I could, I thought I could, could overcome this battle by my own strength, by my own willpower, um, and just kind of get rid of it by myself without talking to people about it, without confessing, without praying about it. And just because it was a shameful thing for me. And so I was like, I can do this all on my own. And when I try to do that, I mean, I'm going to fail because I'm not strong enough. I can't do it on my own. But I kept on telling myself I had to do it on my own. And I think I had kind of a unique situation when it came to pornography because I didn't grow up in the church. Like, so for me, I, once I found out what pornography was, I never really saw it for the first, I mean, 10 years of using pornography. I never saw it as a bad thing. Like for me, for 10 years of my addiction for pornography, from the ages of 10 to about, I mean, it was a little less than 10 years, to the age of about 19, so nine years. Um, from those ages, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't know any better. Uh, I knew all of my friends watched pornography. Yeah. I, knew, I, I mean, I'd found it in my stepdad's closet growing up uh, and saw it there. And so I thought, oh, this is a thing that adults have. Um, and so for me, I was just like, this is just a natural for the first nine years. It was like, this is a natural part of life. And I never even tried to give it up. Never even thought about giving it up because I didn't see any negative, like negative qualities of it. Cause I just, I didn't know there were any, um, my morals were very jacked up. But once I become a Christian, you know, and I start thinking about these things, thinking about what is right and what is wrong. And who says what is right, I mean, being Jesus and what is wrong, you know, I begin to see, okay, this is a bad thing and I shouldn't be doing this. And so for me, I had a pretty significant hole to dig myself out of, right? And so, because for nine years, I had constantly just gone back to this over and over again. It was honestly a part of my daily life at that point. Uh, and then nine years in, I'm like, I'm a Christian. I'm realizing this is a wrong thing to do what do I do to overcome it? And that's where that whole, I'm trying on my own strength to do this. It, well, let me ask this, like, you, yeah, from the secular realm and, and the secular normalcy of porn, and, and it's not a big deal. You're like, this is just what we do. We feed into our lust. How did, when you became a Christian, mm -hmm. and that changed your perspective on porn, because you're like, well, Jesus talks about this and lusting and how did that change your emotions to 
what you felt before. Like, did you feel more guilt and shame than you felt before? Like, tell us about that. Why do, why do Christians feel like they can't share it with mm -hmm. other people? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think it is a guilt and shame thing when it comes to being a Christian and our relationship to porn as Christians. Um, because you get stuck in that cycle and it's like, I feel, I know I shouldn't be doing this thing, but I keep doing what I know I shouldn't do. Um, and it's a very shameful thing. And I think there's this culture and I, I talk, I talk about it all the time with Amanda, actually, um, of this culture where Christians too often think confession just by confessing is enough. And you can just stop there. And so what happens a lot of times is you have Christians who are addicted to pornography and they can, they feel the guilt and shame about it. And so that guilt and shame leads them to confession. And then after they confess, they no longer feel guilty and shameful. And so they get caught in this cycle of, I'm just going to confess because I felt guilty and shameful. And then after I confess, I don't. And then I go back to it. And so it's this constant cycle of guilt and shame, confession, back to pornography, back to guilt and shame, back to confession, and so on and so forth. And, and then no one ever thinks, you know what, maybe I should do a little bit more than this. Mm. Uh, no one thinks I should, after my confession, seek to be truly repentant and, and yeah. turn away from this and, and give this up. Um, and I think all of that really plays in, into why Christians feel guilty and shameful about it. Um, and I think oftentimes it's because, one, they don't know how to give up pornography. Um, or two, they don't want to give up pornography. Mm -hmm. uh, or even three, like, they may not even see the need to give up pornography, you know? Yeah. Um, like all of that plays into this, this whole mindset of like, I feel guilty and shameful. Maybe not so much they don't see the need to give it up. I think a lot of, a lot of if not most Christians do see that. Um, but they don't know how and they don't, maybe they may say they want to, but they don't really want to. Yeah. So. I think um, the repercussions of porn in relationships is something we don't pay attention to. Mm -hmm. I think it affects our relationship with, our parents. I think it affects our relationship with our peers, obviously our significant others, and there are repercussions of porn even into marriage. Yeah. And so, and obviously even to top that, and, that, and that's bigger than all that, is it affects our relationship with Jesus. Yes. Which is our most important relationship. And so, Rodney, why, why do we think porn is such a individualistic issue like why do we say to ourselves why do we think that way that we think mm -hmm. we don't even consider our significant others we don't consider um those we're watching we don't consider our future spouse we don't consider any of that why why is it that we think it's an i issue yeah i think honestly because porn is selfish like porn is just a selfish thing because you go on to whatever pornographic website you want to you look up whatever videos you want. You can select exactly what you want to watch, when you want to watch it, in a room all by yourself. It's so incredibly selfish and individualistic as like a sin 
And so that plays into the way that we view it. You know, it plays into like, okay, this is something that I do in my own personal time. It's not going to affect anyone else outside of this room that I'm in right now because I'm just here in this room. There's no one else here. Of course, it's not going to affect them, but it does. It ultimately does. It makes our heart hard. It makes our hearts very hard. Uh, it makes us very selfish. It makes us not very giving towards others. Uh, it makes us, ultimately, it will make you selfish towards your spouse because when you are watching porn, you're not looking because, I mean, if we're being real and uncomfortable, yes. sex, with your, sex with your spouse is you giving to your spouse. It's not something that you take from your spouse, right? Like it's more, sex is more than just an orgasm, but that's all pornography is. It's just someone trying to get an orgasm and feel good. Yeah. When you get married, if all sex, if you even want to call it that, because that's not what it is with pornography, but all sex is, if your mind is warped by pornography, it's just you getting an orgasm, yeah. not giving to someone else. It's you taking and taking and taking. Yeah. That makes you selfish and, and your, it hardens your heart over time. And that plays out in your relationships other than like your significant other and your spouse. It plays out in your relationships with your friends as well. Because I, I know when I was deep into my addiction with pornography, you know, I looked forward to times being alone because I knew what I could do when I was alone. You know, I knew I could go up in my room and watch pornography because my friends weren't around. Yeah. You know, and so it, it makes me isolated and disconnected from the people around me. Um, but we don't ever think about it that way because we're so focused on getting what we want in the moment. Yeah, and I honestly thank you for being real because I've heard statistics where on the Carrie Newhoff's Leadership Podcast, he thought 98% of men were seeking porn in their regular day life. And I would even say more of an optimistic person, and I might be wrong, but I would say at least 90% of men are seeking out porn and women watch porn too. And I think as Christians, us not talking about this does Christ a disservice because it is sin. This sin is keeping people away from Christ. Absolutely. And I think, thank you for saying that because that's, that's real talk. And that's just the Quiet Battles podcast. We're giving a voice to the battles Christians are quietly fighting in the background, whether you want to talk about it or not. We're going to talk about it and hope that you have strength to talk about it. So like you said, this the sin becomes almost like, yes, if I confess it, mm -hmm. I'm good. And then I'll do it again and I'll confess it. I'm good. Yeah. Which is not the goal. No, no, no. So what can we do? What guardrails mm -hmm. can we put up to keep ourselves pure? Yeah. And to help get, set ourselves up for success. Yeah. That every time we even look down that alley, mm -hmm. There are boundaries and guardrails we have to push through to get there. Absolutely. I think, well, one, I would say in light of what we were just talking about, this cycle of once I confess, I'm good. Um, I would say we shouldn't lose confession, though. Like, I, I think it should start there, right? Yeah. Like, for all the bad that we've done by getting caught in that cycle of shaming, guilt, confession, stopping there back to pornography, back to the shame and guilt, and then continue that cycle. Like for all the bad that we've done with that, we're starting in the right place because confession is definitely the starting point. 
confessing it to God first and foremost, because yeah. as we've said time and time again, he's the only one who can repair and restore and redeem. Um, but also confessing it to friends. Like we've talked about in this podcast before, the sounding boards in our lives, the different levels of sounding boards, you know, going to the deepest level, the, the like most deep level that you can with those sounding boards and telling them, hey, I've been watching pornography. I need to tell you this because I know that I shouldn't be doing it. You know, going to those levels and telling those people is where it all begins. But then it becomes like the hard work of actually like following through with that confession. And I guess to kind of paint what that looks like, I can only kind of share my experience with it um, because I know what worked for me. And so I know for the longest time I fell into that camp of getting caught in that endless cycle of confession because I didn't know what to do after I confessed. And I remember, I think it was Thanksgiving of like 2015. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving of 2015. I got back from Thanksgiving break. And during that Thanksgiving break, I had gone up to North Carolina uh, with family we were up in the mountains. I had like no cell service up there, really. Um, no access to Wi-Fi for the most part. Uh, and I had spent that whole week like just out, out in the mountains, hammocking, reading scripture um, and praying. Uh, and it was such a refreshing week. And because at that point, I was, in 2015, I had been, uh, I mean, I was still struggling in the midst of a porn addiction. And that week, you know, was really good for me because I kind of got to disconnect from all of that uh, and, and be away from it. And it was very like eye opening, uh, and very like, just, it was like a healing week for me. And then I get back to reality because oftentimes what happens is we go to these mountain for me, it was literally a mountaintop moment. Cause I was on top of a mountain, but we go to these mountaintop moments. Uh, maybe it's a a weekend retreat or a week at camp or whatever it is. And we experience healing. And then just like, I mean, what happened to me in that moment is we get back and we are faced with reality. And for me, the reality was that I was in the midst of a porn addiction. Mm -hmm. And I get back to town and I fall right back into my old ways. And I remember at the time I had a smartphone and, and, and that's the like predominant way that I, I uh, watched pornography was on my phone. And I remember uh, one day I, I got back from vacation from Thanksgiving break, watched pornography on my phone once we were back in town. And I remember I was like, what in the world? am I doing? Like, what is going on in my life right now? Like, why, why do I keep coming back to this? I do not want to do this anymore. And so I took my smartphone, I smashed it with a hammer, and I threw it in the trash. Wow. I didn't have a phone. Like, I, just, I just threw it away. Yeah. I'm done with this. Like, I'm done. And I went down to the store, and I bought a flip phone. Hmm. That's what I did. I was like, I'm, I'm absolutely done with this. I do not want to do this anymore. At the time I was living on campus at Johnson and they had parameters set up where you could even access those uh, websites on your phone or on your computer. And so, like I said, the predominant way I did it was on my phone using my data. And so I took my phone, I took the only option I had to watch pornography out of the picture. Yeah. That's what I did. I go and I confess to some mentors that I had in the moment. And from there on, like, I kind of took it out of the picture and that's what it looked like for me was I like had to get to a breaking point where I said, you know what? Like 
this is all there is. Like I cannot be trusted to have the ability to watch pornography because I'm not strong enough. Like I was not strong enough to tell myself no. I kept falling for the temptation. I kept falling for it over and over again. And I really think that what the spirit was telling me to do was to take out the only way I had access to pornography. You know, I think that's it. Like that's all, that's all that I had. Like it was like, this, if you wanna overcome this, you know, like get rid of it. And I think oftentimes we have in our minds that like, oh, it's gonna be this like overly spiritual moment where I'm just gonna be like glowing with white dazzling light out of the holiness that the spirit gives me when temptation comes my way. And the temptation comes and that overly spiritual moment doesn't happen and we fall for the temptation and we're right back in that same cycle, right? And so some people would say, well, I don't need to give up my phone because the spirit's gonna give me the strength to do this on my own. And I'm gonna say, has the spirit done that in the past? Like, let's be honest, let's like real talk. Has the spirit done that for you in the past? Are you saying that the Holy Spirit wasn't working in you before the moment that the temptation's gonna come in a week? You've been a Christian for 10 years now. Yeah. And for these past 10 years, if you've been a Christian, the Holy Spirit's working in you. And you're saying now after 10 years, oh, all of a sudden, now the Spirit's gonna be working in you? What was you doing before? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and so we have to get to a point where we just, I think, like I said, the most spiritual thing I could do in that moment was smash my phone and get rid of it and get access, like still have a phone. Yeah. Like Jesus says, you know what? Hey, if your right hand's causing you to sin, cut it out because it's better to gain eternal life with one hand rather than both. Absolutely. Like it's better to gain eternal life, like limping and dragging yourself into eternal life than it is to be walking in as best as you can. And Jesus isn't saying actually cut out your right hand, but it did feel like I was cutting off my right hand by taking out my phone. Yeah, oh, no it, doubt. It did feel like I was gouging my eyes out by taking out my phone, by taking out my access to pornography. And from that moment on, it was like, okay, how do I heal from here? You know, it's like, okay, have honest conversations with mentors. Tell them, yeah, I don't have access to this, but I'm still feeling tempted to find a way to do this, you know, and call them up and let them know, have conversations with your friends and say, Hey, I'm really feeling tempted. Please pray for me and have them pray for you. You know, and it's, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. But like I said before, like we, we like to think overcoming temptation, overcoming sin is going to be this easy thing, but it's not. And you just want a story to tell? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what you just want to say. Yeah. One day I woke up and I didn't struggle anymore. Yeah. Like that's a good sermon illustration, yeah. but it's not realistic. No way. No I, way. um, and as we continue this journey of talking about porn and, See, for me, I'll admit, like most men, I think all men struggle with thoughts, right? We struggle with the thoughts of lust and Satan will put things in your mind and, and you know, it might necessarily not be going to, hey, like, I'm going to go watch porn, but it's, you know, you get hit with a thought. And I think that's where it starts, right? Like, it starts with a thought and where you go from there 
is what will determine the outcome. So for me, if I have a thought and my, my first reaction is, Lord, I don't want to think about that evil thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote scripture real quick mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw it away. And if it, if it keeps coming up, I'm going to go, okay, let me talk to my, my friend and say, dude, I've been struggling my thoughts this week. Okay. Next, because if I don't have these guardrails, right, you know, then I have to take that extreme outcome. But if you're not currently seeking is what I mean, right? And, and maybe you've been struggling with porn your whole life. Maybe you've been lustful your whole life, which if you're anything like us, you have been, right? Like, That's the truth right there, man. Um, and, and marriage isn't the Band-Aid. Mm-mm. So a lot of us might be thinking, yeah, we're struggling with this lust. We're struggling with porn. So if I get married... Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So what, what do you have to say about it to those who are married, who aren't maybe not looking at porn, but what are some things they can do not to get there? Cause I think that's important to know too. Like what can I put, what guardrails can I put up? What things can I do to not get to that point? Absolutely, man. Uh, and I think that's such an important thing because at a certain point, hopefully you get to the other side of it where it's like, you know what? I'm no longer actively watching porn every day. You know, that's, and that's a great place to be. Yeah. It's an amazing place to be, but it's like, what can I do to keep this up? And I remember I was, I was told by one of my mentors by uh, Dave Peters, actually, uh, I was in his office talking to him about all of this one day. And he mentioned to me, he's like, well, Rodney, I think what you should do is on your computer is add this program called Covenant Eyes. Um, and Hey, I'm going to plug for them. I'm not getting paid by them, but I'm going to plug them anyways. Uh, because Covenant Eyes has been a lifesaver time and time again. And you download Covenant Eyes onto any device that you can get access, like internet access to. And I have it on my computer. I have it on my phone. I have it on my iPad. Got it all on there. And what it does is Covenant Eyes uh, now um, takes screenshots of my computer, takes screenshots on my phone just randomly throughout the day. and, um, and, or anytime, or honestly, anytime I want, I'm using the internet, anything like that. And it will send screenshots of what I'm looking at on my computer to Dave Peters every single week. Uh, it also sends an internet history report, uh, that says, Hey, these are the sites that Rodney visited this week. Uh, it, it will flag anything that may even be like closely related to pornography, um, where I've had Dave Peters contact me because I tried to get on Reddit, which is like a, like a, almost like a blog website. You know, I'm just like reading different information. I think it was about coffee. You know, I was looking at like a coffee, like Reddit thing, like getting yeah. information about coffee, but I guess there are things on Reddit that maybe people shouldn't be looking at and it gets flagged. And within like 10 minutes, Dave Peters gets an email, maybe even shorter than that. Because I know within 10 minutes, I'm getting a text and Dave's like, hey, what are you looking at? Is everything okay? And it's like, yeah, I'm just on Reddit. Didn't do anything like that. And so it's, it's this way where it's like, even today, where I'm not actively struggling with pornography, you know, I still have covenant eyes on all of my things. And it's been a couple of years now, you know? Yeah. It's been a couple of years now at this point, And it's still something that I'm going to keep on my computer, keep on my phone, probably for forever. You know, yeah. like, like there's no re like for me, there's nothing that I need to hide, you know, 
There's nothing that I need to hide from my spouse, from Amanda, from a mentor like Dave. There's nothing that, that's going to be on my computer, on my phone, that I need to hide from them yeah. at all. And if there is, well, then we got a problem. Yeah. And so that's just a guardrail that I personally keep up, like, and will keep up for forever. Because I don't think there's going to come a day where it's like, you know what? Yeah, it's been 10, 20 years now, and I'm just going to take it off. Because I think for me, that's me just falling into old habits and saying that I'm above temptation. Yeah. It's me saying I'm above, not only above temptation, but above falling into temptation. You know? And so, so for me, it's like, I guess, I guess I'll say it this way. For me, pornography is... I say active and inactive, but I guess I could say pornography is always an active struggle, you know, not because I'm actively watching pornography, but because I know that I'm human and that I can fail. And you know what? It's better safe than sorry. Yeah. And we can go beyond that. Whenever you feel like you're not in danger of something, you are the most danger of doing it. Absolutely. Think I'll never have an affair. Mm -hmm. You're in danger of having an affair. If you think I'll never watch porn, you're in danger of watching porn and putting guardrails up saying, I'm a human. I'm not above it. I'm a sinner. I've been there before. There's nothing. The only thing stopping me from getting there again is my heart for Jesus. Mm-hmm. These boundaries, yeah. living a life for him, my accountability partners. Absolutely. And I want to add um, another source that I use. It's not in covenant eyes. It's not necessarily about porn at all. Mm-hmm. It's parent guide. Mm-hmm. When I watch movies or TV shows, mm-hmm. Because if we're real, there, there, there's sex scenes in TV shows that take us there. Absolutely. Right? Like if we watch those things, if you watch certain movies or certain shows, you're, you're going there in your mind. Yeah. Like you're taking a step in that direction. Yeah. And so I look up Parent Guide and if they have a, a bad sex scene, I'm not watching it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm just not going to do it because it it's going to get me stepping into that direction. I don't want to be there. Yeah. And Another thing to do is if you're watching a questionable movie, mm-hmm. have your spouse watch it with you. Mm-hmm. And so if a scene pops up that you can turn away and she, and she can say fast forward, yeah. or we look at the parent guide and go, hey, this is the time this is playing. I know when to fast forward for the both of us. Like Absolutely. whatever it takes yeah. to get there, because we don't want to fall back into that trap because Rodney, mm-hmm. I'm, like the real thing is if 90% at least Mm-hmm. are struggling with this issue of porn, at least men that I know of, then it sh- we should all be actively fighting against it, regardless yeah. of where we are currently absolutely. in it, because we don't want to get there. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, it's so important for us, because I mean, it goes beyond like just pornography. It's like you're saying, we need to monitor what we're taking in, because mm-hmm. what we're taking in shapes us. The shows yeah. that we're watching, the music that we're listening to, you know, all of that shapes us, whether we're aware of it or not. And so often, so many people are like, well, I should be able to watch and listen to whatever I want to, because I'm above that. And it's like, no, you're not. Like you're inadvertently being shaped by whatever you're taking in. And it's so difficult. And I know for me, one of the, uh, one of the most freeing things for me uh, when I was first beginning this battle was asking myself a question because honestly there might be some people who hear this and are like just i feel like i have no hope yeah like like i'm deep in a porn addiction and i have no hope i, I, I can't do this you know or 
or maybe I'm not deep in a porn addiction, but I, I have no control over what I'm watching, what I'm taking in, like what, like I have no hope in this, right? For me, one of the things that helped me so much was looking at my life rather than looking at it at the span of a month or a year or two years or five years, whatever it is, you know, like rather than looking at it in the big picture, I had to take things down to the moment, right? And I had to ask myself the question, am I being faithful to God in the moment that I'm in right now? Mm -hmm. And if I am, can I be faithful to him in this next moment? Like if I'm being faithful to God this second, can I be faithful to him the next second? Because I just did it. Let me continue it. Mm. So on and so forth. And it got me through the day. You know, I had to take it second by second where it's just like, I'm being faithful to God right now. I'm going to continue being faithful to him going on and so forth. And so it's one of those things where at, before I ever went to do anything, I'm reflecting on what I had currently done and if what I'm going to do is still going to honor God. And so that's been incredibly helpful for me, you know, asking myself, okay, like I, I, I just got off work, I'm driving home and I'm going to listen to music. And it's like, oh, well, I was just being faithful God. What, do, what am I going to put on? Like, what am I going to listen to? You know, and I have to be faithful to God in that, that's that choice. Or I just got home from work and like you're saying, I'm about to watch TV with my wife. And it's like, what are we going to watch? Are we going to watch? Is it going to be faithful to God or is it going to be faithful to myself, you know, and my selfish and sinful desires? And you may be thinking like, oh, that's over spiritualizing it. You're being too holy. And I'd say, is that a thing? <laughs> like, yeah, can, right. can, can you be? too holy like i don't think so <laughs> and, I th and i think personally people think well i'm not struggling with porn can i at least have this right like like their mindset is like i'm good and they're watching i don't know game of thrones yeah i'm like that's it's the same thing absolutely like, man like, i've never watched it but like they joke about it in shows like yeah the office right like they, they joke about that stuff and i mean it's it's one of those things like you're right like you is it worth it like yeah like is it worth it to do Absolutely. that and, and it's no it's even when i'm holy i'm i am still a galaxy away from god absolutely and i'm still trying to walk towards him mm. every day but those things will trip you up and if you think well i'm going to watch this show and who cares because i'm fine well if you're being real you're not fine absolutely if you're being real you know this is a gateway mm -hmm. to porn if absolutely. you're being real and yeah. we're we're going to be real like like that's going to get you there and mm -hmm. guys i i know some of you guys might feel hopeless like rodney said you might feel like man like yes jack rodney that sounds good and i want to get there but i can't i'm too far in and the truth is you're not there's nothing that jesus can't redeem restore and make new and he can get you out of this but you have to be willing to first step confession tell tell god repent tell somebody mm -hmm. tell a christian mentor tell anybody and don't take their answer if they say everyone does it tell them to shut up and keep moving to a wiser person and and then find yourself talking to that person weekly Absolutely. about your struggles set up covenant eyes set up parent guide Put in guardrails that are going to make a difference in your life. And lastly, think. 
Think about the relationships mm -hmm. that will suffer because your actions today, mm -hmm. because your marriage will have repercussions based on your porn experience. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's going to be a healing process. We have to go through a healing process and God still restores and redeems that. Absolutely. It's going to be a struggle. And I, I want to interrupt you really quick. Go ahead. Because I just want to, to me, it's one of those things where I'm just like, hey, if you're married and you've not had the conversation with your spouse that you either currently are watching porn or have watched porn in the past, even if it was a past thing, like before y'all were married, like stop listening to this podcast right now and like call up your spouse and tell them and say, hey, I need you to know that I'm either currently watching pornography or I was watching pornography in the past and just get it out. It was one of the things that before Amanda and I even dated, I had that conversation with her. You know, I told her that like before I had even asked her out on a date so that when I did ask her on a date, she'd know what she was getting herself into. And I mean, she said no to me three times, but hey, here we are now, married on the other side of it, you know? And, and I would just say like, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't tell your spouse that you're struggling or have struggled with pornography. And so, yeah, sorry. I just- No, absolutely. That's a really good point. I mean, me and Taylor had a conversation before we got married too about um, some of the things I've done in the past. And it's really hard to do. This is very important. I think this is very important for the spouses to listen to. Mm -hmm. If your husband or your wife talks about sexual struggles in the past, you still have to leave it in the past with grace. Mm. And you still have to leave it in the past that Jesus has already forgiven them. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to put your guard up and get irritated and say, how could you? That's not needed. That's shame and guilt. That's from Satan. They are telling you because they love you and they don't want to go there. Absolutely. And so in this honest conversation, it's going to open up honest dialogue. Mm -hmm. Where get to a place where they can ask you, hey, how are you doing? And you not get, oh, why would you ask me that? Oh, like, no, no. Like they're going to ask because they care. Because if you're anything like us, you struggle every day with every sin, right? Like yeah. there's not a sin I don't struggle with. There's not a sin that someone doesn't go, Jack, how was your pride today? Yeah. I want to be like, dude, it was a 10 and it should have been a one. <laughs> I mean, how was your lust level today? Like it was a, it was a nine. I wish it was a one. Or how was your selfishness level today? And you're like, it's the same every day. It's a 10. I mean, <laughs> like we can't live with these guards up. We want guard rails, but we can't live with guards up. Absolutely. Otherwise we're not going to get anywhere. And so if your husband tells you that, or your wife tells you that and says, yeah, it still affects me today. Just have a conversation and go, this is great because now you're at a place where maybe you won't get there because yeah. you're going to have open dialogue. And I, I'm an advocate that says, if you watch porn, when you're married, you need to tell your wife. If you had an affair 20 years ago, you need to tell your wife because this is very important. It's actually bigger than your relationship with your wife. Absolutely. Your prayer life will be hindered. Mm -hmm. that, that is biblical mm -hmm. when you're not honoring your wife. When you're not loving your wife, your prayer life will be hindered. So you not confessing and being real with your wife will hinder your relationship with God. I know he's not up, but I hit him on the way up since he's everywhere. And like it's going, and so you need to think more past, okay, my wife's going to be hurt, but more to the thing of, I want a great relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I'm going to tell my wife, I'm going to repent. Absolutely. Yes, there's repercussion to sin. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But what good is it to gain the whole world? You have forfeit your soul. 
Absolutely. And, and that's that mentality. And so if, if you watched porn a year ago, mm-hmm. tell your spouse. Mm-hmm. And I pray, I pray that God shows grace, that, that, that the Holy Spirit comes upon your wife or in your wife, depending on if she's a Christian or not, that she shows you grace and you can move on. Absolutely. That's what I pray for. But I, I think you should tell them. Yeah. I think that's very important because you'll find healing. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's consequences. Yeah. Yes, they'll, you'll be a little uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. it's something we're called to do. Yeah. Don't be like, don't be like Jack and Rodney told me to tell you this and that there'd be no repercussions because no way. that is not <laughs> what we're saying. What we're saying is that you need to tell regardless of the repercussions. It's worth the repercussions. Absolutely. You're, you're, the eternity is always at stake and it's worth the repercussions. Absolutely. Rodney, this was a hard topic. Yeah. This is a hard topic. This is a real topic. But it's a very well, I mean, just needs to be talked about. Like so many people are struggling. Is there anything else you want to say before we close on, on the issue of porn? Honestly, I, I, I feel like this is a topic that I could talk about. I mean, there's always more to talk about. Like it's something that we could talk about all day long. Um, yeah. But honestly, I, I feel like there'll be more opportunities for us to come and have more conversations about this. I think- yeah. I think I would want to just, again, say to the person who feels like there's no hope that there is, that there is hope on the other side. It, it's possible to get to the other side and, and move beyond the addiction to pornography. I mean, like I was saying at the beginning of this episode, like for the first nine, 10 years of my pornography addiction, it was something that I didn't see as a bad thing because I wasn't a Christian. Mm. You know, it wasn't, I had no remorse, no guilt, no shame over it. It's something that I did almost every day for 10 years. Like, think about that. Every day for 10 years, I would watch pornography. And then I become a Christian and it's time to overcome that. And it took some time. It took a couple of years took about four or five years to really get beyond that, Mm -hmm. but it's possible. Like there is hope on the other side and it's not going to be because of your own strength, right? Me smashing my phone and throwing it away was not my own strength. That was the Holy Spirit working in me. Me talking to my mentors and my friends and confessing my sin and asking for prayer was not my own strength. Again, the Holy Spirit working in me. Adding covenant eyes to my computer, to my phone, that's the Holy Spirit working in me. You know, it's not me doing it on my own strength. The fact that I even told Amanda about my pornography addiction before we were even dating, and then we dated and got married, like that wasn't, I, I couldn't have planned it better myself. That was, that was the Holy Spirit working in and through that. You know, and so I, I would say for those who are in the midst of it, in the depths of that addiction, that there's hope. Amen. And, it, and it's found in Jesus. And that's, if you're fixing your eyes on him every single day, every single moment, then you'll get there. You'll get there. It's not going to happen overnight. It didn't for me. It didn't for you, Jack. Right? No. No, nope, it's a process. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen as long as you keep pursuing Jesus first and foremost. 
Yeah. Amen. I mean, yeah, it's a process. Mm -hmm. It takes fight, but it's worth the fight. It's worth the battle. It's worth the repercussions because there is another side to this. Mm -hmm. And like I tell you at every podcast, um, we want to help you. This is a ministry podcast where we just want to talk about quiet battles, Christians face, but frankly, that everyone face Mm -hmm. at some point. And if you feel like you have no sounding boards, if you feel like you are alone, if you feel like you can't share this issue with those around you because they're judgmental, and maybe you tried before, but because they were judgmental, you found yourself back in the hole, we want to help as much as we can. And so if you go to quietbattles.com, you'll find our email, you'll find our Instagram, and you can message us on either one of those, and we can be the start of your sounding board. You can confess what you're dealing with, tell us what you're dealing with, and we will email you back because we want you to know you are not alone, man. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so glad you joined us today on the Quiet Battles podcast. If you have not subscribed yet, please subscribe. And thank you, Rodney, for your honest conversation. I know that was not easy to share, but it will help more people than you'll know. And I pray God uses it mm-hmm. to get people out of the bondage of porn. Mm-hmm. And reach out to us if you need anything. And God bless. Thank you for listening to the Quiet Battles Podcast.